Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. We're hearing striking evidence that the TB vaccine BCG may provide protection against COVID-19. In the last couple of days, a study of 178 countries shows countries with vaccination programmes, including Ireland, have far fewer coronavirus cases by a factor of 10, compared to where BCG programmes are no longer deployed. I asked immunologist Professor Luke O'Neill about BCG as a potential vaccine. Well, it's, it's, it's another, another exciting prospect in many ways. So what we know about that vaccine is it was obviously first used for TB. And in fact, in Ireland, uh, it began in the, in the late 30s is when it was introduced. Um, and then it, it was a wonderful vaccine. It protected people against TB. And then about maybe 25 years ago, people began to notice that it also protected against things like measles and malaria and then respiratory disease. And that was that was unusual. Like, why would a vaccine against TB protect against other things? And lots of science was done around this. It was really fantastic. And, and we know a lot about it. It puts up a kind of a barrier that protects us against many different germs, basically. It's called innate immunity is the name for this. And then, of course, people wondered what it protects against um, COVID-19. And the seven trials running now uh, on the back of all this great science that was behind it to see if this BCG vaccine protects against COVID-19. So it's an, a, a sort of an interesting development, a new development, I guess, that's come about in the last uh, month or so. So it gives another option, I guess, for a possible way out of this. And what were your initial thoughts when you came across the research first? Yeah, well, then the next development then was, by the way, uh, last week, uh, there were two papers and a paper this week, actually yesterday, suggesting that places that have the BCG vaccine, which differs between countries, there was less death from COVID-19 in those countries. Now, those studies have been a bit criticised because there's what I call confounding variables, maybe, and it's just an association, you know. But I was interested in them because of all this science behind BCG anyway. And these papers add to the mix and, and the debate, and, and even if they might may be slightly flawed. Uh, the, the, the one last night actually is from Johns Hopkins, a very eminent US university medical school, and that provides evidence as well, you see. So it's possible that people who've had the BCG vaccine already may be somehow protected to some extent against this virus, you see. So again, that adds to the... Uh, the excitement, I guess, around it. That most recent study uh, seems to suggest that not only might BCG be preventing the incidence of the virus in countries where the vaccine was available, it's also lowering the death rate as a percentage of cases. Why Why might that be? Yeah, well, it, well, again, um, the idea there would be that there's less death happening just in the population because less people are getting infected and having less severe disease. In other words, their immune system has been boosted, you see, by the vaccine somehow. And then if they pick up the virus their immune system can kill it more effectively. And in some people, it looks as if, I mean, again, this needs to be proven. It may prevent infection entirely, you see. But we won't know. Until these trials are done, we won't know. One, one interesting aspect is um, see, children get the vaccine in many countries. And it may well be that the kids are protected, and that means they aren't spreading it to the older people. And then there's less older people getting uh, infected and dying, you know. So maybe through the children as much as through people themselves being, being vaccinated. And if we look back then, what's the history of the BCG vaccine? Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, it was one of the first vaccines. It was over 100 years ago. Um, it was used for TB. It is, it is, it is a, a weakened version of the bacteria that causes TB. And of course, TB is a respiratory disease, which is interesting. It affects your lungs. In Ireland, a lot of children died of TB for a very long time, you know. And then gradually, beginning 100 years ago, this vaccine is tried 
a woman called Dorothy Stopford Price. She brings it into Ireland in the 1940s. She's a real hero because she saved hundreds of thousands of children's lives by getting this vaccine into Ireland. So it begins as a vaccine for TB. And all over the world, it's still used as the vaccine for TB, by the way, especially in, in developing countries where TB is sort of endemic. You know, they use it there a lot. Um, and then, interestingly, it seems to protect against other diseases as well. So it's almost like a double whammy in a way. It's, it's good for TB, but it's also good for other infections. This programme, uh, the BCG vaccine, uh, stopped in Ireland in 2015. Why was that? Yeah, because they re- there was no more TB in the country, you see. So we, we, we managed to eliminate TB from Ireland uh, over the course of several decades, I guess. And there were two reasons for that. One is the vaccine got rid of it, of course, because you get the herd immunity, as we've all heard. Uh, but secondly, it is a disease of poverty malnutrition brings it on and Ireland had improved economically over that period and there was a lot less TB anyway so therefore the HSE decides well look there's no reason to continue vaccinating and that was a reasonable decision actually at the time because TB had almost gone away from Ireland you know different story in Brazil or India where it was still endemic and that's where they that's where they still vaccinate so of course if this study turns out to be true that BCG protects against COVID-19. Guess what? Everybody needs to be vaccinated again. And we go back into the program. Many of us have this vaccine. You know, the scar people have on their arms. Remember the famous scar? That means you had the BCG vaccine as a child. And many Irish, most Irish people up to 2015 had it, you know. And they may carry in them now a protection of sorts against against COVID-19. It's very important to emphasise, though, keep washing your hands, keep social distancing. This is unproven. It's just a new idea, you know, and we need the science now to test this to see if it's true or not. If it were indeed effective as a vaccine, would it offer equal protection to those who were given it a long time ago versus those who were given it more recently? Yeah, we don't know. That's a big question. We know from um, children the BCG vaccine works for about three or four years very well, you know, protects them through childhood, basically, you know, it may not last beyond that. So therefore, what we have to do now is revaccinate people is the idea. But having said that, there's a chance that older people who had the vaccine are actually still somehow enhanced in their response to the virus. So that's, that, that may be the case, you know. But what it really means is we will now start vaccinating again. Now, that creates a problem because world supplies of this vaccine have are very low, and that's been a problem for the past few years. And so, of course, what will have to happen then is you ramp up production, which, which is quite easy to do, actually. And one thing this excitement and this sort of prospect is doing is they're already beginning to increase production of the BCG vaccine anyway, in anticipation. And that'll be very useful anyway, we think, because there's a type of bladder cancer, strangely, that's, that's treated with the BCG vaccine. That's another example of, of a boost of the immune system. So in that situation, the BCG vaccine gets the immune system to kill a tumour in your bladder, you know. And, and those people, it's in short supply for those people. So one positive that may come out of this, there won't be a, a shortage of BCG for that situation either, you know. So we're very sort of, a, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting spin-off from all this in a sense. How much do we understand about the additional benefits of BCG? The diseases that we didn't think it, it could treat, but, but, that, but that it did. That's a super, you must be an immunologist. That's the exact question. Now, if you're an immunologist, you're, you're obsessed with BCG like me, by the way. So what happened there was, again, it began about 15 years ago. Uh, guys in Holland, a guy called Mihai Natea, who's a collaborator of mine and various labs around the place, began to wonder that very question. How the hell could a vaccine for a bacteria protect against measles, say, which is caused by a virus? So they looked at this very, very closely. And what they found was the BCG vaccine gets the immune system going, of course. And then it also manages to put this barrier up. The cells called monocytes in your immune system, they're almost like a, 
a frontline defender. And the BCG vaccine is able to get those cells going. And those cells become really enhanced by it. And that means they're enhanced against any infection because monocytes can fight viruses, bacteria, all kinds of things, you know. So we have a fair amount of information on what the mechanism might be. And that's very important for me. I, I wouldn't have really highlighted those papers that have the association in them unless there was a strong scientific basis for BCG. And, and, and we have a really good understanding of how it might work. So there are trials underway already. Um, what, what are they trying to show specifically? Yeah, there's seven trials running. Uh, there's one in Australia with 4,000 people. That just shows you how committed the Australians are. And they're all healthcare workers because, of course, they're our frontline people, as you know. There's also a trial in Holland of elderly people giving them another shot of BCG, right? And then what they'll measure is, like a vaccine, will it protect them against infection? That's, that's the question, you see. So it, it'll be very exciting to find out. And, and in many ways, it's seen as a bridge to the specific vaccine. So eventually, in about 18 months' time, there will be a vaccine specific for COVID-19, right? And this BCG idea may give us a time to, to, in other words, give us another option until the real vaccine, if you will, comes along. And that's what those trials are testing. So they will test, like the healthcare workers, for instance, 4,000 of them, they're at risk of infection in hospitals. Even when they're wearing the PPE, you know, they still get infected. Will it stop these healthcare workers getting infected? It's a very straightforward trial. The trial is good. It takes about three months. So we'll know, you know, July, August, September time, some of these trials begin to read out. If those trials are positive, in other words, if there's evidence that it protects people from getting infected, then we have a very interesting prospect on our hands for, for ramping up production and making this available as, as a vaccine effectively against COVID-19. If, if the findings from the trials bear that out, uh, what happens next? Yeah, so what, what happens next is we suddenly ramp up BCG production. Now, remember, it's a very safe vaccine. It's been in millions and millions of children for the last 100 years or more or whatever, you know, especially in Ireland since the 40s. So it's safe. And then the only question then becomes, can we go back to vaccinating people like we did in 2015? As you said, when, when the HSE stopped doing it in 2014, Maybe 40,000 kids were given this BCG vaccine, by the way. So it wouldn't be that difficult as long as we can get the supply of it sorted. You know, hence, as I said, there are the ramping up production already just in case it works. You then just begin vaccinating people with the BCG vaccine again. And then you'll hopefully, you know, protect the community against the virus is the idea. So I would predict if, if, there was, if the trials are positive in July, August, hopefully supplies will be of a, of, of, of a level that will allow the vaccine to be made available, we'll then begin vaccinating people, especially the elderly, of course, the vulnerable. And as ever, when the real vaccine comes along, by the way, the first people you vaccinate are the elderly and the vulnerable, as and we all know who they are, heart disease, diabetes, and so on. And secondly, or first of all, actually, your healthcare workers, they get vaccinated first because they're in the front line. They're the two groups that we will be vaccinated. Um, maybe as soon as September, that will begin to happen, you know. So that's a really... Um, you know, exciting prospect. And, and it's much quicker than the vaccine, which will be a good 18 months away, you see. So it gets, it gets us, as I say, a bridge ultimately to the vaccine. A lot of drugs are being mentioned uh, in relation to uh, both treatment and vaccine. Does this one stand apart? It's an, in my view, it's another shot on goal is the phrase I use. So there are at the moment an amazing number of, as you say, drugs being tested. Some are antiviral. They kill the virus directly. Some are anti-inflammatory. They dampen down the lung inflammation and damage that happens in the severe cases. Um, and then we've antibodies taken from people who've had the infection 
and these antibodies are able to kill the virus as well. So all these options are now laid out before us, and now we've BCG as well. So in my view, there's, there's all these prospects. All we want is one to work of this set of possibilities. And whatever works will make a big difference. And in fact, if more than one works, it's even better. So we, we see the BCG vaccine idea then as another prospect. Now, remember, we're more happy with this than something like hydroxychloroquine, which you may have heard of. That's another approach that's being taken, which Trump is advocating. That's a different thing entirely because hydroxychloroquine can be quite toxic. We know BCG is safe. So so therefore, we see it as probably a better a better approach than hydroxychloroquine anyway, potentially. You know, so if you, if you, if you try to rank all the different prospects, you could give them all a score maybe as which one's likely to work which one less likely. This is certainly one where there's optimism. So you mentioned, Luke, hydroxychloroquine, which has been uh, trumpeted by Trump, although it has elsewhere uh, been discredited for dangerous side effects and so on. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I did some work on it myself during my PhD. My PhD was about rheumatoid arthritis, and we were looking for new anti-inflammatories. And in fact, chloroquine is approved rheumatoid. It's also approved for lupus, another inflammatory disease. So we know it has anti-inflammatory properties. And then there's also evidence from studies going back a long way, actually, that it might be antiviral. So there was evidence out there of these two properties, which make it a very interesting prospect, because if it's antiviral, you'll kill off the virus. If it's anti-inflammatory, you'll protect the lungs from the injury. So it was kicking around for quite a while as a potential way to stop viruses. And then um, a trial was done in France and Marseille with a small number of patients where it seemed to be beneficial. And then another trial was in China. There was anecdotal reports as well. So it's another one to look at because there is some basis for it. And then let's see what these trials tell us. And now there are proper trials running. Now, the worry about hydroxychloroquine is it does have side effects. So, for example, it can damage the heart. Now, by the way, that side effect wouldn't stop you using it in lupus or arthritis because it's the right dose and it works well there. But as you may know, COVID-19 does go after the heart and can damage the heart anyway. So now you're putting a drug that has the risk of damaging the heart into someone whose heart is now vulnerable anyway. And that's that's our concern. And in fact, there was a study just last night that was, again, it's anecdotal, so you've got to be careful, uh, that said someone in, uh, in Paris, actually, they gave it to a, a quite a big number of um, COVID-19 positive patients, 30% had signs of heart trouble. Now, not major trouble, just a minor signal there. And if that's true, that's very worrying because there's no way this could go into patients then because of the risk of damaging the heart. And there have been other studies suggesting other side effects as well. So so when Trump stood up and mentioned it, we put our heads in our hands here because it's unproven and there's a risk of toxicity. Now, this can happen with other things that are being tested as well. And what we need now is a proper, what's called a double-blind placebo-controlled trial. The study in Marseille wasn't that. It was what's called an open label trial. There was no control group. So it wasn't done really properly in the way we like, you know. Now, you, you can justify that sometimes with a lethal disease. You can take a shortcut and try a few patients and see what you get. And that sometimes happens in cancer trials, for instance. So I'm not knocking them too severely for it. But what it means is you've got to do a proper trial next. And that's what they're doing, by the way, in Marseille as well. Uh, I think there's something like eight trials running around the world now. And in fact, Ireland, um, we have an, a network here that we're part of. It's, it's set in St. Vincent's Hospital by Alastair Nicholl. They're going to give it to some Irish patients as well to see if it would work or not. Now, the risk of side effects is very low. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't um, sort of say people shouldn't be trying it. But again, we've got to wait for this, this proper trial to come out to see if this is going to work or not. And you can't be making claims that Donald Trump made because there's no basis for what he was saying. He said, what have you got to lose? 
and then the president of the American Medical Association, how about your life? She said, you know, that's what you might lose here. So, so it's serious, you know, she, it, it, we, we just can't believe what he's been banging on about with this one. But let's see, there's still the prospect it might work. And, and the trial in Marseille was done in combination with another drug, an antibacterial actually, azithromycin. And that combination seemed to work, at least in that limited trial, you know. So again, it's another option. Now we wait to see what the science tells us and who knows it might actually work. So let's just hold off for a while and see. But again, caution is needed. And um, and the optimism that uh, that Trump expressed, I wouldn't be that optimistic about. Thanks a million. No problem. My thanks to Declan Conlon, who produced today's podcast. And thanks for listening. Stay up to date with the latest developments at irishtimes.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow. 